Welcome to the Peter King Podcast, a bit of a special edition. I'll be giving you some of the interviews that I conduct on the weekend when I'm trying to divine exactly what happened in the National Football League. So I've got three conversations with you, two of them short, one of them a little bit longer. The longer conversation is with San Francisco 49ers general manager John Lynch about the team's temporary move from the Bay Area to Glendale, Arizona. And I'll also have uh, shorter talks with Miles Garrett, the star defensive end of the Cleveland Browns after the Browns' big victory in Tennessee, bringing Cleveland to 9-3 and and, and almost all but ensuring that they will be a wild card team in the playoffs in 2020. Also, the New York Giants, one of the hottest teams in football, believe it or not, will have Leonard Williams, their fine defensive lineman, very versatile guy having his best year in the NFL after having been a disappointment with the Jets and moving on to the Giants in 2019. You know, it's kind of funny. I was guilty of this, just like so many people. Why in the world would the Giants trade a third-round pick to get Leonard Williams? Well, I think we're seeing exactly why they would do that. Leonard Williams has been one of the big keys to the Giants' defensive revival. So we're going to start with Miles Garrett, then we're going to go right into Leonard Williams, and then finally, John Lynch, the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Look, there's really no other way for me to say it. You're missing out. If you're not playing this, you're missing out. It's the free contests on the NBC Sports Predictor app. They've already handed out over $3 million in cash prizes, and there are tens of thousands more up for grabs this and every week. So get in on the action right now with the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet. For the biggest names in sports talk, watch the NBC Sports Channel every weekday on Peacock. Featuring Pro Football Talk, The Dan Patrick Show, The Ritz Eisen Show, and more. Streaming live for free on PeacockTV.com slash NBC Sports. Trying to convince the outside world, you know, that you guys were really a good team. And I wonder, how did you guys look at it inside your team? Just another game to to win. You know, we had to stop you know, the, the playmakers and... We have to be one and zero by the by the end of the day, and that's what we did. And we yeah. weren't looking at any differently. We tried to treat everybody the same. What was your biggest advice pregame going in to try to stop Derrick Henry? Don't show up. Show up violently. You know, grab a body part and roll. You know, you're trying to you're trying to take him to the ground. And, you ain't gonna do that soft with this guy. You're not gonna you're not gonna drag him to the ground. You gotta you gotta arrive and knock him to the ground. Because yeah. you know he that's, that's what he's doing. He's arriving bodily. You know he's trying to run guys over. He's stiff arming guys. And so we got to do the same thing. You have to make sure you're low. Make sure you uh, you knock down the hand. Are you proud of the way you guys kind of kept him in control, held him to sixty yards? Absolutely. Yeah. Now we kind of. Could have held him to left. You know, we, we had a couple plays where we allowed some leaky yardage, but you know, for the yeah. most part, that, that was a, a good job. Um, you know, I wonder. You look at your team right now. You came in your first year. You're owing the team's owing sixteen. 
you haven't been over 500 in any of your three years. What would you say has been the biggest difference this year from your prior three years in Cleveland? Uh, no, just a lot of, a lot of guys on the same page, on the same goal in mind. Nobody's playing selfishly. Nobody's playing for stats. Oh, they just, no, we're just looking to be one to know and to, to win the day. And that's not just you know, on Sunday. That's every day in practice competing, making sure that we're, we're there with that, that one mission in mind. That's uh, going to the playoffs and succeeding there. Um, how have you liked playing for Kevin Stefanski? What has been his kind of mantra to you guys as you've gone along this year? Just realizing what I'm uh, it's a smart, tough, accountable, resilient team. And so, you know, if we do all those things, as well as being, you know, a violent football players who go out there, attack the line scrimmage, try to take the ball away, you know, trying to get every 50-50 ball on, on offense, you know, control the, the, the line of scrimmage there, and you know, running. Running and uh, being able to be two-dimensional, so they're always off balance. You know those things. You know, those those allow us to be as dynamic as any team in the NFL. You know, we just have to make sure we're on our our game every time we're out there. And Kevin has made sure that you know he's, he's put a a good plan ahead of us and that we you know just go out there and play. It's, it's not not much thinking, just just being out there playing and playing on the yards. Um. Two other things. How difficult was it for you? It sounded like, you know, COVID really was uh, debilitating to you. What was what was the worst part of it? Uh, just you know, sitting there, kind of being being out for for two games. Well, <clears throat> helpless feeling, and not only being helpless to help my team, but you know, being so so weak, so tired. And just so sore, you know, that I just don't want to move. You know. my body's just hurting for no reason, when and just random body parts, you know, headaches, eyes hurt, and you know, you're just you're just trying to to fight for however long this thing's gonna you know, be upon you. And so I'll just, you know, just roaring to go, you know, yeah. knowing that if this were Anything else, or one contagious, one the pandemic, I'd be out there. I'd be trying to fight through it. Yeah. But just knowing that this is what it is, I just have to, just have to fight my own individual and personal battle, and uh, you know, come back ready when my numbers call. Is it difficult knowing that you guys do so much to keep COVID out of your locker room, out of your lives, and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you've tested positive? Uh, I mean, usually, it's, at least for me, it was a shock because I, I thought I was taking care of myself as well as, you know, the best of them. And you know, I was just just showing that, you know, we're not being as hygienic and as careful as, you know, as we think. At least I wasn't, and I need to be better. And, you know, if we're trying to compete with the, the best teams, we can't have anybody out because of COVID. And you know, yeah. that, that means we all have to be better. We all have to watch who we're around and where we're at. How do you feel right now? I feel pretty dang tired, but <laughs> you know, 
get back home, recover a little bit, get on the Peloton, and start getting my win back. Yeah. And you have you lost your any of your senses, smell, taste, anything like that? Um, almost completely got my smell back. Never lost my taste and everything else uh, I held on to. Yeah. So you feel like a couple of weeks and you're going to be back to pretty much normal once you get your win back? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can, I can shorten it down to one week and you know, by this, this Monday I'm, I'm back to having my win and being able to be out there and effective every time I'm out there. You know, Cleveland's going to be fired up to see Baltimore come in this week, and I bet you guys will be too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we are Cleveland. You know, we're running the same, and you know, the love they have for us is the love we have for them, and we're going to try to make them proud. Hey, Miles, listen, congratulations. Great win for you guys, and uh, glad to see you on your feet. Yes, sir. Thank you. All the best to you. Thanks. So you guys over the last four weeks, and really maybe a little bit before then too, going back to the New England Monday, uh, Tampa Bay Monday night game, have played really, really solid on defense. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, playing for in Patrick Graham's scheme? Why does it work so well? Uh, and what is it about that scheme that you think fits you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think Pat has really been a great job with with his players and who he has, and then also just game planning against the offenses that we have to play against. So, like, we have a completely different game plan against, you know, one team this week compared to the game we, we have the next week. And uh, it goes to show how much he watches football and how much he studies the game. And then um, I was also talking about how, how we have so many young guys on the team, like Carter, Tay, uh, Darnay, like so many young guys on the team that have been stepping up big time and, and coach has been doing a good job of uh, putting them in the right position and uh, once again like I said just how bought in everyone is I think it just puts confidence in, into each other you know I feel like I'm gonna trust I trust that my corner is gonna do a good job locking down his guy and you know he trusts that his D-line is gonna do a good job of stopping the run and getting to the quarterback and uh, over time you just build trust in each other and it helps you fly around and play faster do you what 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 is different about your defense this year you think with Patrick Graham Um, you know obviously so many of the players were there last year but you guys are it, it, what what interests me about your team is that I watched this today, and every time Russell Wilson went back, he would look around and he would have to evade somebody. He never had a free path anywhere right. the entire day. It's like you yeah. guys had you almost had a spider web around him, you know. And so that that to me, it's not you don't see that against Russell Wilson a lot. And so I don't know. I guess. I guess I'm trying to find out what is it about sort of the scheme and what you were able to do today that is yeah. different, you think, than what other teams have done to them. Right. Uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record or anything, but, like, I think a lot of it has to do with scheme, obviously. I think Pat Graham is a great coordinator, but I think majority of it has to do with, I think, how much people are just bought in. It's just the overall team energy 
of how we come to work every day, how we come to practice, how we take losses and how we take wins. It's like we don't listen to any outside noise. We come to work and, you know, we know what we have in the building and we just, like, are bought into each other. You know, we're not really seeing – we're not reading any pats on the back out there. We're not reading any doubters out there. It's just like we know who we have in the building and we come to work every day. And I think just over time it just creates such a good culture of hard work and, uh, you know, just grit. And I think it just – it just instills a different type of mindset into the overall team that just helps you play better. What would you say was Patrick Graham's big sort of big lesson this week? Maybe not necessarily in your game plan, or but about yeah. about Russell Wilson. I mean, he's obviously the the head of the offense, like any quarterback is. But then he's also, you know, different. You know, he can. He can take over a game in four minute, two minute, end of the half, end of the game. He's just one of those type of like hero type of players that can just win the game when he needs the game more. And we knew that he was the guy that that we we're gonna have to make uncomfortable to win this game. And uh, like you said, creating that spider web, um, just not letting him out of the pocket, not letting him to run around freely and do whatever he wants. Uh, get some hits on him, make him uncomfortable. Don't let him scramble too much. And obviously, he's a good player, and they have good players and are gonna make plays, but. That's where that grit and, uh, you know, togetherness and being locked in comes in, in hand. When, when they make a big play, we're just like, all right, guys, let's, let's keep playing and uh, stick to the game plan. And uh, I think that worked. Two other quick questions. Do you think you're playing the best football of your professional life? Uh, I mean, as far as stats go, yes. This, is, this has been one of my best seasons of, of my career so far. Um, and also... Joe Judge, for those who aren't inside, and you guys always keep everything seemingly very, very close to the vest, tell me one Tell me one thing about Joe Judge. Maybe it's a story, maybe it's a trait he has that has made him successful early on with your team. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how to say one thing. I just know... Uh, when we first got judged, we realized how hard he was on us. And then, you know, some guys were like, oh, this is hard, you know, stuff like that. But then we realized how much, you know, he cares about winning and he cares about us being successful and he cares about the team success and individual success. And, and I think eventually it's just like, he just does such a good job of like getting guys to like buy in. And I think that is the most difficult part about, about running a team that, that that's that big. You know, there's, so many, there's like 60 plus people on a roster that's players, you know, all, all the, all the staff and everything like that. It's just hard to, to be a leader and get that many people bought in and then in a short amount of time as well. And I think he did a good, a great job of doing that. Even when we were losing and could have fell apart, he's been doing such a great job of like keeping us together and staying locked in. I mean, you're Owen five and it looks terrible. Every, it's so incredibly negative. And then yeah. you go out and beat Washington. You're close against Philly. You probably should have beaten Tampa, and that yeah. and you've lo- and you've won four in a row. It's just, it's a great a s- great sign that you guys believe in what you're being taught. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hey Leonard, listen, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care. Take a deep breath and tell me what this season has been like for you.
Well, it's it's been quite a year, and, <clears throat> you know, that sounds fairly unique, but I would say that we aren't unique to that. I mean, this year's been different for everybody in the league. Um, you've, you've covered it forever, Peter, and you know how hard people work and how they put their heart and soul into this, and, and families make great sacrifices. Um, this year has been different because it typically – you know, an organization putting on a training camp is a monumental task each and every year, but it's fairly rote. It's wash, rinse, repeat, make a couple tweaks. <laughs> Everything has been a tweak this year from figuring out how to even enter a building, um, you know, to all the protocols that are necessary with your league, in our case with our count, well, in everyone's case with their county. Um, our case, I, you know, I think having one of the, the toughest, most stringent, uh, counties in the country in terms of protocols as evidenced by, you know, when you watch our games, you see Collinsworth and Michael wearing masks and, and, um, you know, it's, and, and it's, so everything has been different about this season. Um, and, um, you know, at, at, at times I feel like a, a COVID compliance officer rather than a general manager of a football team, but, uh, yeah. that's, that's what the job is called for this year. I can't tell you it's been the most fun year, but, um, I can tell you that it was a real fun locker room when we beat the Rams because just like you said, I think we crawled our, you know, we have we have life now. And um, I don't know in my time here if I've ever been more proud, not just of our players, of, especially of our players, but of our whole organization, uh, you know, coaches, staff, because, you know. We, That's saying something. You got to a Super Bowl last yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but just the, the resolve. I mean, the way that message came down, and um you know every every opportunity to have a lot of excuses for why we you know if we didn't show up and play well and and instead i think at the same time we were feeling like you know what we're starting to get some guys back we were we were we were getting guys back um you know some of these guys were coming off the covid list from our from our uh, little uh covid situation we had after new orleans thankfully we had the bye week in there to give us a buffer cuz it had we had to have, uh, play the week before, that would have been very tough. Um, but we got some of those guys back, and, and uh, just you know the the way that everybody uh, focused on what we can control. You know, I got on the uh, I got on the on the plane uh, to go to L.A. and basically on the bus ride, we had we had you know our fate had been delivered to us, which was, I guess we were still trying to figure it out that we not only could we not play, we had to find a new place to operate, to practice and whatnot. And at the same time we were learning it, our players were learning it. And, and, you know, there, you could kind of feel it on the bus, on the plane, everyone, there was just a lot of, a lot of chatter. And so I, you know, Kyle and I look at each other and say, I gotta, I gotta get on and say something. And the message was just simply, Hey guys, we're learning this just as you are right now. And um, this was on the bus or on the plane? This is on the plane. You know, I got on, yeah. I asked the, the lead uh, flight attendant, you know, who's always with us on our charters, hey, can I get on and make an announcement? And so once everyone got settled, I just said, hey, here's the situation. We're all learning it real time. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of ramifications to it, but. We'll focus on that. You guys, you know, we preach all the time having each other's back. We preach all the time focusing on what we can control. Uh, this is the ultimate test of that. But here's our 
commitment to you. We will find a situation that works and works well, and we'll look long and hard. We'll look at everyone, and we'll find the best one. A lot of people are working on it, you know, real time as we speak. I don't have the answers, but you guys focus on taking care of business in this game, and then that will make, you know, the coming week a lot more fun for everyone. And and to their credit, they did it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think it is the most proud I've been of of uh of the entire organization um so it was it was pretty cool let's start there um did you you had obviously been in some discussion with santa clara through the course of the year i take it did this did this truly come as a surprise when they made that announcement it did um it did we had i mean we had spent the previous week basically selling to our guys this idea that they wanted us to, um, you know, things were getting worse in our county. Um, and, uh, you know, the county had, had spoken with us about putting our guys in, I, I hate using the word bubble, but uh, but for lack of a better term, a soft bu- bubble where the ask was essentially, you know, our guys come to practice and go home. We, you know, outdoor dining was still available in California at the time, but they didn't want our guys doing that. They didn't even want us going to the grocery store. Um, things like that. So that took a lot of convincing with our guys, but you know, the alternative they understood was having to go elsewhere. They didn't want to do that. So, um, that's what we had spent the previous week talking to. And so that's why our players were looking at us so strange when this happened. Like you, and I don't, you know, I don't want to, there's been a lot of back and forth with the, the county. And I, you know, I thought Kyle and our players did a nice job of being classy, but also talked telling how they were feeling after the LA game. And I I think the County didn't take kindly to that, but in the reality, we've had a real good working relationship with our County. We've understood that they're, and that's actually, I think helped us along the way because our standards and our protocols have been even tougher than that of the rest of the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I think we've done a pretty good job. I'm really proud of the way we've, we've handled it. We've done our best. And, but yes, when, when they called and, uh, or they didn't call when we saw the press conference and, you know, uh, you know, start to try to digest what that meant, that, that came as a complete surprise. And where were you when you first heard of it? Were you on the bus? Were you still at your facility? Where, where were you exactly? I, the first time I heard of it, <clears throat> um, I didn't even know what I was hearing. Bob Lang had said that he had just got a call from one of our beat writers I think it was Cam Inman with the Mercury News saying that he hears they're going to have a press conference here in a half hour announcing some more stringent protocols that will have an effect on pro sports, maybe even shut us down in our county. And I said, no, we've been talking with them all week about, you know, the other deal, the, you know, so like, don't worry about that. And then sure enough, we're on the bus and the the news started trickling out. And then I got a call from Al Guido, uh, our team president, who, who's really been the lead, you know, point of contact with the county um, since the season started. I had been involved in a lot of the calls and all that, uh, you know, prior to the season to get our plan ready. But once the season started out, it's kind of taken the lead. And Al said, yeah, we, we, we've got some work to do. They, uh, they apparently are shutting us down. So, um, you know, we started making calls, started brainstorming, um, uh, you know, had a, had a little meeting in the front of the plane on 
on options. Um, you know, we had started some conversations, you know, weeks prior, just because we knew we had a county where, you know, we knew a spike was coming uh, with Thanksgiving and all that. We just, you know, the league, um, Al and myself have been having conversations, but we were really thinking to play, not to, not to practice yeah. all that. So the game changed. And so we had to, we had to move, move quickly. And now here we are, uh, who was there in front of the plane talking? You, Al, and um, Al wasn't there. I was on the phone. Oh, he wasn't. But Al didn't come. You know, he's not in the essential seventy or whatever. Uh, yeah. Jed, Jed was there. Kyle, but Kyle, I told Kyle, you focus on the football game, and you know, we'll, we'll go to work on all this. And, um, and then it was our logistics team, the guys Steve Risser and Mike Michael Slap and Stephen Spence and. You know those guys, and and then on the phone with Al, and started just yeah. brainstorming ideas and whatnot. Um, and I would assume you considered sort of all the usual suspects: uh, Oakland because that was close, San Diego, all that. But because of California, all that was problematic. That's right. I mean, yeah, we wanted to stay close. Um, you know, because there was also this, you know, all this was new to us, but this thing about if, you know, with, if you stayed within 150 miles, you know, or if you go outside of 150 miles, they would require a 14-day a quarantine coming back in, you know, so yeah. we left. So there were a lot of dynamics, and I think there were con- uh, conversation with, with some of the local counties and whatnot, but um, each time we just ran into political yeah. Um, you know, issues in San Diego, they were great. I mean, the, the mayor down there, um, the mayor down there was, was tremendous. And, you know, they offered us a nice setup at, at USD, you know, but uh, ultimately this is the one that made the most sense coming to, coming to Phoenix where a stadium was right here. The Cardinals yeah. had done training camp here. You know, you have to have these Eider plans. I never knew anything about those before this year, but uh, an, an Eider plan. And so the Eider plan was essentially written and, and um, you know, had been been vetted by the Cardinals going through an actual training camp. So it made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. There's more challenges. You know, you see right away when you come here a um, lot more uh, incidents um, of, of COVID. I mean, there's a, a right. much higher infection rate than what we're accustomed to and then everything a lot more temptation because everything's open here you know yeah you go into restaurants they're full and you look out the parking lot here where we're staying and there's a mall and it's full so um we've we've done our best to communicate with our team and say hey we've got a great opportunity it's it's on you guys it's your team but we got to keep this keep this thing going by staying healthy that's the crazy thing of all, because my understanding uh, from talking to the league is that because this is your home site, in a normal week, if you're at a road game at a hotel, it's very, very strict. You know, you can't go out, you can't go out to dinner, all that stuff. But here, because you have simply relocated your home venue, players have more freedom than they normally have, right? That's right. Um Yeah. So like the night before, you know, we, we kind of asked our guys internally. We said, we said, look, we are not going to enforce this because we can't. Um, but for the first week, you know, let's, let's, let's go to the hotel. Let's get our feet underneath us, you know? Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, I think some of the guys with families that wanted to get their families down right away have done Airbnbs and, you know, houses and, and but like, in, like you just said, in talking to the league, number one, I don't think we could enforce it. Number two, I don't think we want it to. You have to give the freedom and, and trust at some level that, yeah, this is our new home and, and, uh, you know, we can't expect guys to want to be away from their families for, you know, extended durations. That's a very personal decision. And so some right. guys bring their families right away. Some, you know, some guys are waiting for Christmas week, but there's, there's definitely some inherent challenges and, and we're aware of those. We just, we're trying to best navigate them. How, how angry were your players? Would you say, um, you know, it was filtered very nicely when they talked to the media, uh, but how angry were they and how did you handle that? I don't think angry is the word. I think, uh, I think, uh, just a lot was happening at, uh, um, a lot in a, in a very short time. And they understood that. And, uh, I really do commend them because you didn't hear a lot of chitter chatter, you know, at the team, you know, now everything was everything was Zoom in L.A., but, like, there weren't, um, as you were on the buses, as you were in the locker room, guys were focused on the game. So I'm sure it was on their mind that they did a really nice job. And I think, you know, very appreciative that they, they showed trust in us that, you know, we would – that's one thing, you know, Jed, he always provides any resource to, to you know, and so our commitment was, hey, we'll, we'll come up with a nice alternative, the best that we possibly can. And then – yeah. To arrive here in Phoenix and, and, you know, when we arrived, um, you know, our logistics teams, our video team had done such a tremendous job. I mean, we were up and running like right away and, uh, yeah. didn't, didn't miss a beat. So it was a monumental undertaking and they've done it really well. And, and then, you know, you, you can't kind of revel in that. You got a, you got a very good football team coming in here in the Bills. And yeah, the one thing I'll tell you, we've had a very, very good week of practice and uh yeah. that's been encouraging their their minds are in the right place so you have at this building i've i've been in there several times whenever i cover the cardinals they're over at the renaissance and so i'm very familiar it's a monstrous hotel it is, and yeah. you, you got plenty of room so bob lang said you made one third of it into a weight room one third of it into a training room one-third of it into a locker room, and then you're adding elsewhere in the building 5,000 more square feet to have a second weight room. Is that correct? Uh, that's that's so – back on the, like, in the far area, if you're familiar with it, that's where the yeah. weight room is. That's where the training room and yeah. that's where the locker room is. Um, I, I'm not sure what Bob's referencing in terms of the new weight room. Huh. Okay, so but yeah. but anyway, that's it's fair to say a third of it is a weight room, a third is the training room, and a third is the locker yeah. room, right? And then that hallway, if you're familiar, running yeah down there is where all the coaches, you know, these are big spacious rooms where the coaches' yep. offices are, um, and um, you know we have our meal room, we have our our testing site right at, right there in that same hallway. But it is, I mean, do you have your same testers with you? Or do do you get do you have testers from Phoenix? The, the core of our bioreference team is here. Um, you know, there's okay. there, there's two or three people down there I, I haven't seen, and I'm just gotten to know this week, so they must be from Phoenix. But the core of our group, I'd say one, two, three, four, four or five of our testers are with us. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and then the one other thing logistically about this is that do you feel like as awkward as this is, here you are on Sunday, what exactly has the practice week and the lifting schedule and all of that been like compared to what it would have been had you, uh, you know, had you been in Santa Clara? Yeah, that that was our challenge to make it as, as normal as possible. I mean, that was our directive to our team. And I will tell you, um, my my respect for Michael Bidwell was already immense, but he and that organization, you know, they're they're division rivals and they're right in the thick of this thing. But what what he's done to make this happen, and you know, the the first day we were here, um, I uh, I stepped on the practice field. I wanted to go walk it and see where. So I go out there, and and um, I was with the couple members of our logistics team who had advanced the uh the yeah. site and uh you know that guy I wish it, I knew his whole name Andy but he's their groundskeeper their their lead groundskeeper he's there on his knees at like 7:15 a.m. and it's cold out like with two other people and he's putting up our goalposts and he's wow. grinding and they had practice that day and I said hey man I you got to you got to take care of your own team. I appreciate you being here. We'll we'll figure this out. And he said, "Now Mr. Bidwell said treat these guys like you they're our team." And so wow. I mean it's been it's uh kind of heartwarming that and a great example that this is a a partnership and we're all in this thing together. And so they've been tremendous. But back to your question, yeah, I think it has that's pretty incredible really. I yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's yeah. fantastic. Good for him. Yeah, it really is, and, yeah. and uh, that was right from the jump. I mean, he I know Jed talked with him, uh, I think, maybe even Sunday night, and uh, he just said, hey, if if our place is what you choose, just know you'll have, you know, our people will go out of their way to make it, and then, you know, their actions have, have reflected that. It's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, our weight, our weight equipment is theirs. I mean, they, we, we shipped a lot down, but the racks and all that, I was like, where did we get all this? And they said, well, the Cardinals lent it to us. So, uh, wow. Camp and so they've been phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, every, everything has been, um, I won't say normal, that because yeah. nothing's been normal this year, but, you know, probably helped that, you know, everything's virtual right now. So all our meetings are virtual. So that's not yeah. that different. I, I just think the, the legwork that our video staff, I mean, I know the first two nights they pulled, I think they were, 4:30 in the morning, you know, both nights, you know, with our IT staff and logistics getting everything set and and such that the players would never notice. Um, yeah. You know, there's one scene during practice. We we essentially have one field, and then there's some some other fields like, but they're not level. And that and the Cardinals grounds guy, I want to put your guys on that other than straight ahead. So, like during one on one in practice, so corners are covering receivers. And then uh, linebackers and safeties covering running backs and tight ends. The offensive linemen were kind of looking for a place, and I look out of the corner of my eye, and Kasarik and John Benton had run their guys out to that place where the Cardinals' uh, uh, groundskeeper had said, "Don't put your guys on there." So I'm sprinting over there, going, "No, <laughs> you know, I didn't want someone to get hurt." So we brought yeah. them back, and then you know they're going, "Where the hell do we go?" So I mean, there's there's been some instances like that. But you know, we we understand we have to we have to be 
you know, uh, adapt, you know, just adapt in every way. And so that's what our guys did. They found a little corner of the field and they, so there have been moments like that, but otherwise, um, you know, it's, I think it's, it's not normal, but it's, uh, we've operated and I think operated at a high level this week. Um, I need to ask you some history questions about your season, okay? Um, so would you say that in training camp, um, you know, you talk about the difference. It's different even walking in your building now because of the testing and, and all that stuff. Was there anything in training camp that was at all a welcome to 2020 moment for you? Uh, either COVID-related or just the weirdness of this season? And if there isn't one, that's fine. But I'm just sort of fishing a little bit. I, I don't want to make – you know, I wish I had a, a great illustration um, of that. But, you know, I remember for us, you know, like there was a challenge everyone tells and the, the history states how tough it is to come back from losing a Super Bowl. So we had that already going for us, you know. Right. You, you lose – we did what we – we we kept our team intact as much as we could, but we did lose to Forrest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. You know, and you're making decisions. You could go way back to the – you could go with 90 um, on your roster, but then they the league told you how you broke it up. Or you could go with 70. Yeah. So we could go with 70. But we had a lot of guys have off-season surgeries and were on the PUP list, so we really went to camp with – if I'm not – it was 61 or 62 guys. And so then there was this conundrum, you know, Kyle and the coaches feeling like we got to press these guys because we got to push them because they got to get calloused in a short amount of time and get ready to play football. But then also understanding not only we've gone from 90 to 70, we've gone really in our case that we had 62 available players. So I, you know, I had this queasy feeling the whole time. It's just, gosh, we're really stuck between a rock and a hard place. So how you, how do you get your team ready but also not kill them. And so we tried to meet in the middle. But, you know, it's my belief that a lot of our injury, which has been historic, you know, it, I think we started in a deficit and then it never stopped. It never relented. And there's always a trickle yeah. down. You know, this guy now is playing linebacker and all four special teams. <laughs> you know, yeah. so there, there is always a trickle. And I, we felt that from the beginning. And was that, the Jalen Hurd injury re related to this at all? Or was that just a fluky, freaky thing? That was a you know, fluky, freaky thing. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you just tell me the story about the MRI truck breaking down on the way to the Greenbrier? <laughs> well, um, I, you know, I knew when we went to the Greenbrier, you know, that it was, there were very nice facilities. I talked to people from other teams, but in our yeah. plan, I just knew that there were some inherent challenges. Like we had to have a, for emergencies, you had to have a helicopter there, you know, at all times so that if, you know, if there was an emergency on the field, the closest trauma center, I think, is not within the amount of miles that the league requires. So that was part of the deal. And then uh, somebody, one of the teams, maybe the Saints, had made the suggestion that, you know, we, we did end up bringing our MRI truck in because it is difficult to go into town and stuff. So, yeah, uh, you know, we had that that massacre in in uh, in the meta, you know, in, in uh, New York with all our guys going down. And, you know, I said, well, that's, I'm glad we got that MRI truck, you know, because that will help. <laughs> and then I find out, well, we got a problem. The MRI, MRI truck never made it. And I 
do with everything this year. We we figured it out, and and a, a local hospital was incredibly accommodating and got our guys in. It yeah. took longer, but I mean, you're you're you got big concerns. Nick Bosa, you know, you're one of your best players in your franchise is uh you know you're waiting to find out the the fate of like we we had a pretty good idea it wasn't good but yeah you want to find those things out so that was uh <laughs> that was there and yeah I, I remember that was uh one of many challenges of 2020 and so you found out about bosa definitively would you say late monday or do you remember when it was exactly yeah, I, think, I think late monday he and solomon yeah. thomas they were like, typically you get all your information, you meet with your doc, you know. Uh, I would usually say around Monday at, Monday at noon, you know, um, and it's kind of comprehensive. Okay, here's this, this, and this. Well, this day it was like some of them even went into Tuesday, and so we were just waiting right. on information. Yeah. I had a lot of guys hurt, and, you know, so. Um, can you tell me the story of Kendrick Bourne, and the positive, negative, negative, positive, whatever that was, and then losing Trent Williams and Ayuk because of that. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, that, I think I was the first, well, no, we had had, we had had uh, some guys earlier in the season, you know, with the pod, yeah. but Kendricks was just all over, and, like, really nobody could, I, I think there's a, a level of uniqueness to this season that, you know, our our uh, our league is doing incredible. I mean, these, uh, what do they call that, genomic epidemiology, where yeah. they basically trace yeah. every single. But I, I know on that one, they were at a little bit for a lo- of a loss. I think they had had some, some uh, configuration of a, of a positive and a negative and a negative, but never, never like the one he had. So I think it was, it was unique and like we couldn't figure it out, but uh, you know, I, I think that was a great learning lesson because some of the contact, you know, there, there, there was some, um, you know, with the, when they started doing all the interviews as to why we lost Trent, Trent and uh, um you know, I don't want to get into all that because they ask us to keep it private and it's probably in our interest, but you know, we, we find out we're not playing with a couple of our best players and you know, the, a lot, of, a lot of people were upset that uh, you know it wasn't I don't I don't blame you because then it turns out that he probably was negative right and then and then a couple of days after the game he finally does test positive so I mean yeah. that's the weird that's the really the weirdest thing about all this and I've talked to Sills a lot about what you just mentioned about this whole the sequencing of this thing and how there are different strains of it and and that is especially because at that time, that's a month ago or whatever it was, and they weren't as good and as smart as they are right now. Like they, they oh, knew that the Ravens thing was dying down because I, I just read of what that. They saw. I, I haven't. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've heard a lot of level of detail from Doctor Sills, but Dick Cass explaining there were four strains in our building. I three, couldn't believe that. I couldn't I mean, believe that. Holy, yeah. 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 Um, so just, let me just ask you about playing that game, lining up on that Thursday night, short week, weird week anyway, and you play that game and you just find out the day before, right, that you're not going to have 
your left tackle and one of your key receivers. Uh, of all the challenging things, I would think that would have been a pretty challenging moment for you and, and for Kyle. Yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, in this league you become accustomed to you better have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Um, but when you when you get um, – when you find out so late in a week um, that you don't have an – all our practices were over. I mean, we, we didn't have any opportunity yeah. to – you know, the game plan had been set for Brandon. I used to be a big part of it. Trent Williams was lining up at left tackle all practice week. And then, so, you know, it. Uh, again, we aren't alone. It's happened to other teams. But next thing you know, you know, we're, you, you start going through, okay, here's the guys we're going to bring up off the practice squad. They're not moving the game. We got to roll. And, uh, you know, the Packers got us that night. So, yeah. Was... So, here you are, you sit here right now, you've got a month left in this bizarre season. Strangest thing of all is that in the unlikely event that they take this thing away, that they allow you to come back on December 21st, four days later on Christmas afternoon, you'd have to get on a plane and fly back to Phoenix to play the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. That's the weirdest thing of all, John. you got to admit that. No, and our players figured that out. We got it. We had a meeting right when we got here, uh, Kyle and I. We got 20 players, and that's where Kyle talked to them about their mental health because, right. you know, Kyle's very aware of that stuff. And, you know, being locked in a hotel and, you know, um, not having your family around the holidays, you know. But one of the things that came from our players could, you know, it was, it was interesting. I thought we'd get all kinds of different questions. And then one of the first questions is, look, we've been talking as a group because we had kind of said, we'll see after the 21st, after this order, like at that point, you, you're you going to be with your families on Christmas. We're making that commitment to you on that week, whether it's up there or if we have to still be here or someplace else. And the one thing our players said, could you just call that now rather than wait around for our county to see, because they were like, like, look, we're not, we don't know much about this county, but I don't, we don't see us <laughs> allowing us back in. Yeah. Um, could, could we just make the call now so that we can make plans to stay here? And I said, you know, of course, absolutely. We were kind of doing that for you to give you hope that we might be able to go home. And they just said, look, we're going home for three days. Let's just, let's just come back here. At that point, we can bring our families if we choose. And so that, you know, yeah. I, was, I was proud of them for figuring that out. <laughs> and said, absolutely. That's really cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah. So even if the county opens up, you probably that week will have your players will have Christmas in in Phoenix and then play the game. That's correct. A, ro a road game where you yeah 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 I get it. I think though the one situation you know I I won't say hopeful I have no idea but like the last week of the season where we play the uh, the Seahawks you know at that yeah. point we we welcome the ability to go home but we'll see. Right, I get it. I get it. John, you know Tony Dungy once said some kind of words like uh, you got to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation or, or something like that. And, you know, this has got to be something that you guys as an organization have to be just saying, you know, kind of nobody cares. Nobody cares about your problems. Nobody cares about anything. We got to play these games now. I mean, is yeah. that sort of, would you say yeah. that's your attitude? 
Yeah, I think it is. I think it's we care internally, and we want to help you every place we can help you. But we gotta, we gotta, we we talk a lot about. I got your back. It's a it's a slogan. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, it's just a slogan. We talk a lot about it. it's just a slogan unless you live it, and that's why I think we were so proud. We talked about focusing on what you can control. I think we did a tremendous job of that down in L.A. with so much up in the air, and you know, rightly so, family members you know, asking a lot of questions and, you know, like, just give us, give us your attention this week and then we'll answer every question and we, we will, uh, we will have a great setup for you. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they trusted us on that and, um, you know, it, it's made this week a lot more bearable and our organization from top to bottom has done an unbelievable job making this seem as sleek, seamless as it can. And so now our challenge but yes, we care about your issues, and we'll, we'll address any we can. But in the outside world, nobody else does. <laughs> I, I in an odd not. way, in an yeah. odd way, having been at that place, and Kyle mentioned it on his radio show, which I listened to this morning he, on KNBR the other day. He, it, it, what's so interesting is that you can walk from your room to all of your offices, to uh, to the weight room, to, to all that stuff. You can walk if you choose to. You can walk from your hotel to the practice field, and of course, you can walk from your hotel to the stadium. So yeah. it's ridiculously convenient in the wake of, or in the wake of all this inconvenience. It's about as convenient an inconvenience as it can be. I can't believe that we're. I'm standing in this hotel, and the Rams and and uh, Cardinals are about to kick off. I mean, literally, like. We were joking. Should we go over there? You know, a lot of friends with people on the various staff. Should we go over there and like rag the coaches, sit in the stadium, and you know? Um, yeah. But I think you know we're going to do our own thing here. We got our walk through and all that. But it is. It's a very unique situation. And uh, yeah. You know. So. Wild. Hey, John. Listen, I really, really appreciate you taking all this time, especially in a situation like this. Thank you so much, yeah. huh? But- Thank you, Peter. Okay. My thanks to everyone for uh, listening to this special podcast. We'll obviously have my regular podcast, which will drop Wednesday morning. Uh, Wherever you get your podcast, please listen. You know, as I sit here on Monday morning, I have no idea who my podcast guests are going to be this week. But I'm sure they're going to be fascinating. Have a great week, everyone.